everyone, welcome to episode one of Spoiled, our brand new spoiler podcast here at Sifted.net and part of our new charge towards audio-based content. This show is not in video form, it's only in audio form. Uh, and just fair warning, this is a spoiler cast. So we're going to be spoiling the endings to lots of things and not just video games. We're going to talk about movies and TV on this show as well. And to kick things off, we're going to talk about The Witcher on Netflix. I'm Shane Satterfield. You can find me on Twitter at Dinfire. And here with me to talk about The Witcher on Netflix is Mitch Sikorsky. You can find him at Mitch Sikor, S-I-K-O-R. Mitch, welcome to Spoiled. Thank you. I'm really <laughs> excited to be here. <laughs> uh, are you excited to talk about The Witcher TV show? Oh, heck yes, I am. <laughs> Uh, as I said, we are located at sifted.net and we are supported entirely by Patreon. If you'd like to kick us a buck or two, go to patreon.com slash sifted. Uh, and if you don't want to do that, you can always help us with Twitch Prime. If you're an Amazon Prime member, all you have to do is link your Twitch account with your Amazon Prime account and you can give us a free $2.50 every month and we would appreciate it very, very much. So let's get on with the show, Mitch. Let's just talk baseline here. Um... How much do you know about The Witcher? How much experience do you have with The Witcher IP? The Witcher 3. That's, That's all it. I got. That's all I got. <laughs> Didn't read the books or No, I know it's book form. I've seen the uh um I've seen the cinematics for 1 and 2 leading up to 3, so I kind of had context going into playing the the third game because I knew it was just going to throw you into stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, but besides that, no, I, I just really know of just the, the game of The Witcher 3. Okay, and I'm I'm a little better than that, but not much. I've played all three of The Witcher games. I never finished the first two. I did finish The Witcher 3, which was my game of the year the year it came out. I've never read any of the books. I don't care about the lore in the books. <laughs> but now maybe I do, because The Witcher on Netflix is based upon the books. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. I have some interest now in maybe listening to the audiobooks. I mean, I bike everywhere, so it's kind of a good thing to do while I'm biking yeah, around. Yeah, for sure. Podcasts so, are great for everything. Got <laughs> car rides, yeah. they're the best. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I think that was probably the biggest shift for me in 2019 was how much I started listening to podcasts. Just in general, everything. So, here we are with our very own spoiler cast for Sifted. Uh let's start talking about some of the nitty-gritty uh, from the show. Where is this show set in the timeline as far as somebody who's played the games? It's it's prequel. Yeah. So it's before the first game. Which hilariously Netflix had to put a timeline for the television show. So <laughs> people would understand. where everything was taking place. Netflix, it's been interesting because I feel like Netflix has been late to the party marketing this show. So they put out the timeline. They put out an interactive map. Yep. They're doing like a podcast now for the show. Yep. But that stuff should have been happening a while. <laughs> that stuff should have been coming out in like December when the show launched. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm thinking they didn't think it was going to catch as much attention as it yeah. really did. I think it's more popular than they thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, I still I, though, you I, should have that marketing plan in place. I was thinking they were hoping it was going to be something like this, but to capture more mainstream people or people that have no idea about this property at all whatsoever compared to us. We know of this property because of the games and the yeah. high quality of the game it is. Uh, but because of that, it really has 
I think it I think they weren't expecting it, so therefore they don't they didn't know what to do at the moment. And now they're like, we just gotta throw stuff out there. That's a huge, huge mistake though, because when I used to work at Spike, uh, part of my job was promoting Spike's roster of TV shows across digital. And I don't know if you watched a lot of Spike TV. Oh, I did. Oh, you did? Yeah, that was my show. That's, MXC, that's my surprising. favorite show. <laughs> One of my favorite shows. Well, uh, there weren't a lot of great TV shows on Spike as far oh, as no. as far as far originals. Most people watched Cops. They had Star Wars for a long time. They did Blade, the original, the TV series yeah, on there. they had a couple hits. There was Deadliest Warrior. That was like its biggest hit mm-hmm. ever. Um, they that had, even got a game. Yep. They had two games. Uh, two games. Yeah, yep, and I worked right. on those games. It's the only video game I have a credit in. Oh, really? I did not know right? that. Yeah, um, if you actually play to the end of that game, you'll see my name in the credits for that game. Okay. Yeah, because I was wor- because it was developed at MTV, and so I was a consultant True. on the game with the development team. They called me in, and they're like, hey, you know more about games than anybody else at MTV. Help us make our game. And so I did. I didn't do that much. I think I sat down with them like four or five different times. They'd give me a new build, and I'd play it and kind of give them feedback on it. And the game wasn't great. But anyway, so there was Deadliest Warrior. There was Bar Rescue. There was, like, they had a lip sync show that was a hit after I left. I think it... Yep. I think they've now moved that show to some other network because it was such a hit. Yeah. But, But in general, Spike TV shows were terrible. So we always assumed when we started working, and we started working on promoting these shows months and months and months before they ever launched because they've already been shot and they're being cut. And they would start giving us the rough cuts of the show so we would understand like what the show's about and try to figure out a good way to market the shows. And you get that rough cut, and you're like, yeah, it's another crappy show. But it was our job to make sure people showed up to watch it. So no matter what we thought of the show, we always had a full force marketing plan behind that show. Like even dump, like if there was a show called Coal. It was like a reality show about coal miners. Like we knew that show wasn't going to do very well. Mm-hmm. It was like very limited interest, but we had a gigantic marketing plan to blow it out all across digital. And I, I ran a content team on Spike and we would write like listicles and all kinds of other content around it to get people interested. Um, so it, to me, if Netflix really did that, that's a huge mess up. And whoever is handling marketing for that show should probably be fired because that's ridiculous. If Spike had a Witcher TV show, it would have been all hands on deck. And I get that Netflix is different. It has a ton of great shows instead yeah, of just one. Yeah, I was going to say The Crown literally came out two weeks before that, and that's an amazing show. So yeah. I, it, I think it's for Netflix, it might be a little more difficult because so much good content. So much good content. Yeah. How do you say one's favored over the other? And it's not even just good content, it's just content in general. Yep. Because at Spike, we would launch a show once every couple months. In Netflix, they're launching. 20 shows a month, yeah. something like that. So it is different, but then you just hire more people. So you have enough people on each show. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> just some inside baseball stuff from my time at Spike TV. Um, so ha- so basically what we're talking about with The Witcher Show is it's a prequel, and it shows you the origin story of several important characters that do ultimately end up appearing in all three of the games, I think. Don't quote me. (laughs) This is spoiled. So if if somebody dies, we can say. I don't know if Siri is is Siri in one in the first two games. I don't. Again, I haven't played them, so I don't. I don't recognize her in any of the cutscenes. I know Yennefer is in the first game, not in the second game because he has amnesia in the second game. But she is in the third game. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean, they're characters that are in... That endured. My point was that they, sure. they've endured, and they're still a part of, of the, series. the IP, and honestly, a part of the IP that most of our listeners are going to care about. Which uh, Netflix seems to show that they're kind of confirming that they are lining up with the games, because the map is 
verbatim of the game map. It is, yeah. So they may be hinting. Well, if the show goes long enough, that it's it, eventually going to catch up to the games. Then what happens? That will be interesting. What happens there? Does it just follow the script of the games because then everybody would know what was going to happen? Well, I hope they would do better because I didn't like the main story of the third game personally. I oh. know I love the side missions of the, of the third game, and that's the most endearing part of that game and of that that interpretation of that series. And I think they do really, really well in this television show itself is those side missions. But, yeah, I, I if they ever catch up, hopefully they decide to create a more interesting dynamic story because I, I don't think it really hit home like it was supposed to. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, if the show does last that long, that's the big X factor. But it will be interesting. Like, once they get to that point, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the – that's the foibles of doing a prequel. And But you know they're not going to let them do a sequel because they're like, the games are going to tackle that. It's yeah. kind of a dicey proposition that is going to work great for a while, but eventually you may come to an impasse on It'll be interesting, yep. for sure. All right, let's talk about the show itself, kind of in general terms, uh, and just a quick run through all the characters in the show. Geralt, obviously, is the star of the show. Um, I have to say that I feel like the actor who plays Geralt absolutely nails the character. I agree. Nails it. Like, better than I could have ever imagined. I like him more than even the game character. Yeah. The, the funny part about Geralt is... It, he would almost be better played by a really bad actor. Because <laughs> he's like, he's so deadpan. He's a witcher. He doesn't really have the normal emotions that other humans have. And I'm not saying that he's a bad actor. He's not because he nails the character. But I almost wonder if at certain points in the casting process, they're like, this guy's too good. <laughs> like some of the people that they rejected, if they were like, no, 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 you're you're bringing way too much nuance to this character. This character is very unnuanced. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like he just nails that. Like, Almost better than the games. Oh, I, I think it nails it hard way more. And I and maybe it's because of the engine of the game can't express as much I'm the sure. character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The character animation because, you know, you really – in the game, it's really blunt in regards to him trying to, like, say I don't have emotion. And then when there's moments he's supposed to be, it's very blunt. Yeah. Where in here, it's oh so subtle. But it's noticeable well, to I'll the say point this. where it's progressive. I'll and, say this, though. He does a good job not showing – emotion when he's acting scene to scene but the character actually does get emotional in the show he gets an emotional attachment to a couple different people oh for sure his bard he he, it ultimately is shown by the end of the show that he likes his bard and like he cares about him um obviously yennefer he's basically in love with yennefer um so it's a little strange Uh, and i think maybe that might become part of the twists and turns of the show is that that play on the fact that he's not supposed to have emotions, but maybe he does. And him coming to grips with those emotions and yeah. understanding what do they mean. Because he's How do not, you deal with that if you haven't felt it your whole life and you're an adult? Exactly. That's, <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a really interesting concept to play with. Yeah, for sure. You were not supposed to have emotion your entire life. Now you're starting to feel certain things. How do I how do I describe these? How do I define them? How do I react to it, really? Exactly. And I think that's what that may be what the rest of the show kind of becomes about ultimately. And I think that's what they nail with him in general and the entire I think the entire first season for him was him just planting those seeds of different emotions and understanding that they're there. And I think for the future it's how do you deal with it? Yeah. Like, how are these going to affect the choices that you now make? Because he's very cut and dry with his decisions. He He's not taking sides. It's like in that first episode where 
Uh, he had he had that contract with the wizard, and the wizard wanted to grab the girl and bring him to him. And the girl's like, "Hey, I'll do you a better. Like, if you kill him, I'll give you money." And he's like, "I'm not gonna take anybody's side." Yeah, because he because he doesn't care. He's That's not, not what he does. He's, he's there. Not, he's on a contract. He's there to satisfy his contract. Well, I mean, he he decided to just take zero sides. And he's like, it's not my it's not my place to take sides in this issue. So if you're gonna attack me, then I'll attack you. But if I'm not gonna say one is the right person and one's the wrong. Yeah. That's not my decision to make. Do you think Geralt in this show was properly badass? I, I feel like they showed a lot of restraint. There wasn't as much combat in the show as I thought there would be. A lot more exposition, less action. Yeah, it's a more character-driven story than I think we expected. Yeah, but I will say this. Some of the fight choreography is amazing. Oh, it is. The little bursts that you get of it. Some of it, I mean, I've been watching sword fighting and TV shows and films my entire life, and I saw some stuff in the show that I had never really seen before. And it's really well done with the camera, too. Yep, the way they cut very well. I, I think... They put it so tight, uh, so tightly close to the back, similar like when you're playing the game yourself, yeah, yeah. that it really does drive home of kind of his viewpoint and how he's seeing it. And so then we see how complicated his move set is actually is actually. Yeah. And uh, I think the moments that there is combat, it's done really well, and and it's not. I would have not liked it if it was too much, and then I've been like, oh, we're just going to have a oh, fight scene every I episode. No, that's what I thought. I'll be honest. That's exactly what I thought it was going to be. And I was not excited for the show thinking that's, that that's what it was going to be. I, I feel like the approach they've taken is way better than oh, just absolutely. making some dumb action TV show. Oh, yeah, and just being like, oh, this is the Monster of the Week. I'm just going to kill the Monster of the Week, and that's the end of the yeah. episode. What do you feel about the use of magic? Because it seemed inconsistent. Sometimes his magic seemed weak. And then there's another scene where he basically collapses an entire building using his magic. Yeah, and I rewatched that uh, again, and he used it multiple times to break the floor. So it, okay. it's 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 almost like he was taking a sledgehammer and trying to hit uh, it, chipping multiple, away, chipping away at it. It wasn't like just one one blast, and that all of a sudden, it ju- and then the other one, it just oh, it pushes the people slightly back. Yeah, he used it a couple times. So uh, I I think they were I think they were. I think they were smart with using the magic and not using that CG budget. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I think uh, we playing the games because we're just so incentivized to use magic constantly in that game. I mean, we have a magic wheel for a reason to use it uh, that, you know, not seeing it used as much similar like the combat used as much. Uh, I like the restraint, and I and the, they used clever ways where I was like, "Oh, he used the he used the well, like the first time he used it, I was like, oh, that's right.' Yeah, he, he can that. do magic. He can do that. <laughs> or the other one, he because they waited a while to show him using it for the first time. Yeah, and I thought that was the only spell they were going to show because throughout, I think it was maybe not until probably like four episodes in, all of a sudden he uses the uh, I think it's, I think it's called Ignis or whatever to influence a person. He yeah. used the sign to influence someone. I was yep. like, oh, he's going to use other spells too. That's yeah. great. I'm I'm yeah. happy. I'm happy. I think maybe he's being more strategic about how he uses magic, and that's just how he is. But also we learn through Yennefer and through the School of Magic that using magic, there is a positive and a negative reaction to using it. And so we don't understand what is the consequence of him using magic, and maybe that's something they might explore if there is we, any. We do see that later on in the season. Yes. In in the final episode, we see mages who are essentially sacrificing their lives to be a fireball fireball and a trebuchet. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, so you do see that sort of give and take, that yin and yang of magic where, yeah, you can do this stuff, but it takes a toll. Mm-hmm. I think that balance is good. And also I think it kind of shows that's maybe why his magic isn't as powerful because maybe there's not as much of a effect to him if it's not as strong. That could be. Let's talk about Yennefer. Um, in a lot of ways, to me, season one was Yennefer's story. That's, it was, what, I mean, that's it was exactly all, what I was about to say. It was all I about her. I mean, you really think about it, like – Geralt was kind of the the sidecar. Yeah. It's it's really Yennefer's origin story. Where did she come from? And Siri was the caboose. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh but yeah, no, I agree hundred percent. I think Yen this was Yennefer's season and I was surprised by that. I was expecting but I, I think it works more perfect because How do you like the casting for Yennefer? I I liked it. Oh, I'll give it three thumbs up. I think for sure. <laughs> she's, I, she's quite fetching. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, and I think it's a smart play because like we just talked about, Geralt isn't supposed to have emotions. Yeah. And so here's a character that can have emotions. So let's really focus on this character a little bit more, flesh them out a little bit more so that when there's the dynamic between the two characters, you can have someone that has a lot of emotion and one that is trying to but doesn't understand it. Yeah. Again, as someone who hasn't read the books, I was surprised by Yennefer's origin story where she was kind of this disfigured, disabled child who was gifted and was kind of shoved into... uh, Sold. Sold. Sold away from her family. Yeah. Like, just was not wanted. Ends up at a mage school where at first she appears to be the least gifted person there. Oh, yeah. Struggling. Ultimately ends up being by far the most powerful mage in that school. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, At one point, basically sells her soul to to not be disfigured anymore. And she becomes beautiful but unable to bear children. And this and this inability to bear children drives her as we find out later on in the season through pretty much the whole show. Yeah, and, and uh this is where the Netflix timeline kind of helped figure out how much time took place between that and it's been sent it's been quite some time. So, uh so she I think she didn't realize what she did until way later. And then oh. all of a sudden when she had when she was protecting that child was when she realized I want a kid. So there was a big, that big of a time skip there. Yeah. Oh, wow. No idea. I yeah. have no idea. <laughs> I think it was, I think they said it was. Let's talk about it, that. It, Let's talk about dec- the time skip. It was definitely decades. They okay. Said. Wow. So it was not just. Well, Geralt's what, like centuries old or something? Yeah, he can last a while. Like, I don't think he'll ever die. Isn't he like immortal? No, they do die. I, th- oh, I guess they do. Yeah, because he's he's because they the, he actually kind of does die. Yeah, and he, <laughs> well, is dying, and then he's om- and then also they're the like the last of his kind, and so yeah. like eventually they gotta die. Yep. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if they live forever. Let me know, let me know in the comments. I'm actually really curious <laughs> Someone about will let that you know. for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I I think it wasn't until that episode where she was protecting the the mistress uh, or the the queen. Or the princess, I don't know what her exact title was, and then the child, and using her magic, and then it got killed. Was she finally realized how much she Care. wants, cares, and wants to be important to someone? Yep, that was kind of the theme for her, for sure. And the ending really proved that all in the end of how much she really wants to be important for someone. Yep, let's talk about Siri. She just kind of explored. She was just kind of there. She kind of just explored. I, I mean, I, I it think... It was by far the least interesting plot thread in the show. For sure. And I think maybe for her, it was more of she is supposed to be our eyes to the world. Yeah. So for us to view the world for the first time, because she's been so isolated, and now she's in this magical 
world. She does not understand between good and bad or rich and poor and what does this all mean. I think for her, it's more of an exploration of understanding the world around around her and us introducing those new elements that you may not get from the other characters in the other episodes. And maybe she'll have more of an arc in the next season, especially when she'll have a father-daughter relationship. But It, it just seemed odd the way they handled it because it was like at first she knew she had to find Geralt. Yep. Then she went for, through a period in the show where she didn't think she had to find him. And at the end she Cause had... Because of, of that land and that water yeah. or something like that. And then like at the that. end, she's like, oh, I do have to find him. And then she finds him. Like, I, it just seemed pointless. Like, I honestly felt like she could have just shown up in the last episode and been like, I've been looking for you. And probably wouldn't have been any worse for wear. Yeah, to be to be honest, it's probably... I could easily see her story. And that's, the being... cliff, that's one of the cliffhangers for season two. Who's this girl? Why did she just show up? And maybe she shows up in that battle and does something extraordinary where you're like, wow. Well, maybe. I mean, think about that. They're, they're In the last battle, they're waiting for their allies to show up and help them. What if Siri shows up and she has some kind of an impact on that battle? That might have been a better way to kind of approach it. Yeah, I, I think maybe uh, I think if you didn't want her in the, didn't want her in the first season, uh you, you get that hint that he has a special surprise coming or whatever that quote. I can't remember the exact quote of what they're calling it, um, that he's going to have some kind of child. So you do have a hint of it. Were so you that, able to follow that whole special surprise stuff? I couldn't. I, I don't No, I had to do research. So I had, I had to look up and understand that it's a, it's basically like a. Uh, it's like an honor system. It's like a spell, basically. And if it happens, if it doesn't happen, it, you you get cursed. And it's really <laughs> it compli- was hard to follow. It, yeah. that, I agree. I mean, that episode itself for me probably was the most complicated. I did not understand what was going on. I think that was probably the only episode in season one where if you had not read the books or played the games, you, You're lost. you were lost. Yeah. And then on top of that, you know, you know, gain to the whole thing of understanding of, you know, Yennefer and Geralt while series doing her stuff. Technically, what Yennefer and Geralt are doing happened a long time ago. So when you saw the queen for the second time and you understood it was like the grand, I was like, I was getting confused because I thought the princess was Siri, but I was like, she's a girl and she's running. Why is he over here talking to the queen? Isn't that the same actress? I'm not sure. <laughs> like That's where I got really confused for a minute. Uh-huh. And then once they finally got to the second last episode where you realize Geralt gets there and then yeah. he, she gives him a fake daughter and not, doesn't want to give up her granddaughter and that kind of thing, it made a lot more sense. But I don't know why they decide to go that route. And this is where I think I think we're I could get why you say Siri probably isn't needed because it made it more confusing with Siri's story happening at the same time. Yeah, it could easily have maybe the second to last episode. The penultimate could have been, you know, Siri, her backstory and then a tiny bit of Geralt's of. I mean, honestly, you could have told her whole backstory in like a minute and a half. I mean, you could, but I, I think they wanted to kind of flesh her out to be more. Well, more she's than going t- to be a big character, so yeah, you so have I, to. But you could have done that in season two. You know, I know. I, it I, just seemed like a throwaway plot thread to me for this season. I mean, I. It's almost like they, they couldn't come up with something else, and they knew Siri was going to be an important character. So they're like, we're just going to do a thread on her, and it's going to probably drag through the whole season with not a lot sure. of things happening. But she's going to be there. You're going to know she's an important character at the end of it all. Which uh, I did like. Uh, I did like the. 
the beast, the being that chased her, it was a smart use of the doppelganger. I do yeah. remember that in the game and a certain side plot with that where um, they kept changing uh, as I kept chasing them throughout a city. And so I'd had to like Witcher track them with their footprints and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and realize what, what they were. And I think it's a really smart use of understanding, wow, they could be really good assassins. I never yeah. thought of it, that concept, when I was playing it. They were usually, you know, creatures are Well, you not... weren't doing that kind of playthrough. You weren't doing, like, a stealth assassin playthrough. Well, uh, but the other thing is those cre- uh, creatures are deemed not uh, equal to human. And so I was in a human city. So that mm. would, that's why it made more sense of yep. they were poor and they, they were yeah. shown as more of a minority than a, than a person that has privilege. Right. Um, what about Triss? I I felt bad. I felt like she was. I felt like they could used her more. Yeah. It, you know, there is a moment in the last episode where clearly there is a friendship between Yennefer and and Triss. And I just wish there were a little more knit, more like pockets of time where you kind of understood that a little bit more. Whether that's like. She ran into her because she ran into Geralt on her adventure. Yeah. And then, you know, who knows? Maybe uh, Tris can run into Yennefer on one of her one of the episodes that she's in for a little bit. And they do something together for just a little bit. Doesn't have to be taking up the whole arching plot of the story. But I just didn't. I was like, oh, you're friends. I didn't even know that. Like, yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. And I just uh, eventually she comes becomes such a dynamic character, especially in the games that. You know, I wish there was something more they could have done with her. I, I felt a little bad. Yep. Let's talk about the plot. Um, do you think it has enough to sustain for multiple seasons? For Oh, yeah. Yeah? Uh, absolutely. You're comfortable with that? Oh, yeah. I think what they... Because ca- let, let's be honest. The show, the way it was designed this year, they were all kind of self-contained. Uh, they were almost like a, a video game and that he would get a contract for every episode and the episode was kind of the story of him fulfilling or not fulfilling that contract with the overarching plot kind of layered over the top of it. And I, I think this is Do you what, think you can keep doing that and get away with it for multiple seasons? Yes. And, and and I think you can do that because when you look at the way that they did the story, it matches the game and what people love about the game so much is a simple contract turns into something extremely complex yeah. with complex characters. Yeah. And yet, even though you have a short time with them, you get so much history between them because of whether the relationship was between the characters or what happened between the characters. There's so much you can read into it that it ends up being, in the game, sometimes people's favorite missions. Yeah, uh, Like a simple one where I went into a clock tower and realized that the woman was cursed because the lover left when everyone killed them inside the in the tower. And, and then you have to go get him, and you can choose between which way. And it's just so complex in that matter. Yeah. But it's such a simple story. And I think they nailed it here. You know, example with that would be the, I think it's the second episode with the, the princess that was cursed when you found out that, you know, there was an, there is a, um, oh, geez, uh, that, that, oh, I can't even speak right now. Is uh, it a creature? Yeah, it was the creature, and it's because of uh, there was a marital affair and that kind of uh, thing, yeah, and yeah. that created the princess, and so the princess was then cursed. Like, that kind of complexity was so great. And I think if they can keep going that trend with finding ways for those things to uh, connect to the characters – 
you could do this forever. And there's so many creatures in this world. That well, the one thing that I found interesting was as the season wore on, the killing of the monsters became less and less important and less and less prevalent. So the first shot of the of season one, he's fighting a monster. A very weird way to start a show. <laughs> like literally just cuts and he's oh, yeah. just in combat with this crazy creature. It starts that way. But as you get to like episode four and five, it gets to the point where it doesn't even really show him killing the monster anymore. Like there's one shot where everyone's walking up and the monster's head just falls at their feet. It doesn't show like how he killed the monster or anything. It's just like, oh yeah, because they said it killed it. Right, the creature killed him. They're like, he ate him, and he's he's dead now. And then all of a sudden, he comes out with the head and goes, "There you go." Yeah, and so they they ended up skipping eventually the whole conflict with the creatures. Are, once you've done that, can you go back? And would you be okay if it never went back to the way it did for the first few episodes? I think because of budget. Is probably why they did yeah. this. All the CG for creatures and it, yeah, yeah. I think, I think in the beginning, I think they were trying to use it to catch people's attention to make sure oh, they yeah. kept watching for sure. Yeah, I think they probably will have a much bigger budget because yeah, of how yeah. well this show is done. Yeah, that I sure. think they definitely can show a lot more creatures. I mean, they showed a dragon in another uh, another episode. Um, I think they, I think they have such a variety that you know every episode doesn't have to feature a creature. Yep. Yeah, it didn't bother me. I was I was just an observation that I made. I'm like, True. wait a minute, they're not showing him fighting the creatures anymore. Well, and even if it didn't he show him fighting the creature, you know, in that same episode, they had the doppelganger transform. So, you know, they, they had a little bit of some kind of monster lore in every single episode. It's just not always features Geralt killing that thing or saving that thing in regards to the the, prin- the princess child. Yep. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the time jumping. We've already spoke about it a little bit. But the show jumps around, and I didn't realize that some of these scenes were decades apart. <laughs> yeah. They don't age, I guess. Like, they never get old. Well, I... They don't look different in I the think different Yen, I think Yen looks a little different. Really? Yeah, when she, when you first when you first see her, uh, I think they probably... It looks like they do a lot of makeup work on oh, her. Oh, really? I didn't see I, like she was older at all to me. She did. She definitely looked a lot older. I think uh, there's definitely a time gap difference once she jumped from... Uh, changing from her beauty side to her child side um it seemed like she just did her hair differently to me i don't know i couldn't see any differences she still looked about the same age i i think she looked older i think it would help if they i mean maybe they don't want to maybe she's not supposed to age but if if she is supposed to age they should make it more obvious obvious yeah Yeah. i i think it's really it's difficult that's what made it hard to follow is all the characters look the same in the time jumps and you're like wait a minute like that, I mean, I guess Geralt probably never does age. He ages very, very slowly. And he has white hair, so what right, else are you going to do matter. to him? <laughs> like, <laughs> Give him more wrinkles? I, yeah, mean, yeah. I don't know. Give him gray streaks? But the other characters, sure. I mean, other characters, sure. Like, you should be able to age them if they age. So and I, I, I think that made it a little more difficult to follow. I was hoping maybe they would have hired, like, a child actor for Yen in the beginning and then had that Yennefer, that, the actress that played her currently, play her then once she got, like, transformed into beauty so that there's a big gap yeah but yeah i i I was surprised when i saw it was a a, a decades gap of yeah i'm surprised to hear that i I didn't even know that till we sat down to to discuss this um how about the adaptation do you think it ultimately stays true i mean we haven't read the book so maybe we we shouldn't even answer this question (laughs) well i i like uh i think they i think they do this better than the game i personally think that oh i would say i enjoyed the story in the show more than i've enjoyed the 
the, the primary quest in For sure. the games. I think they nail the side quests and what people like about them so well in the main story of this show. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, actually. So the good part that we like, but the main I, plot... Look, I still like the main plot of the Witcher games. I, I don't hate it, but this is better than the main plot of the Witcher games, I believe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. I mean, that final battle was so fun. <laughs> that's a great segue. Let's talk about the final episode, the final battle. Can I just give a shout-out to the, the wizard sword man dude who teleports and then all just pulls out a magic sword and he has like 30 of them. endless swords yeah well, of it, well it's not well, it. he runs well, out of magic it's not endless he does yeah. run out <laughs> yeah everyone's like where did you get the swords from i was like guys it's magic she's talking about control like use control like uh, or whatever like reserve your power or something like that and yeah. then he runs out of magic swords and i'm but that was cool i like yeah, that. it was a great scene again I, the choreography in this is great but i like the cleverness of it i never yeah. would have thought of magic swords that just and like that's that's a great way to like use your magic if you're a warrior type. in that world yeah, yeah that's a great way to do it so i i had to give him a quick shout out for him because he's sweet yep so there's like a lot of fantasy shows like game of thrones and it's ilk the last episode is a major battle although i would say in game of thrones they usually did the major battle in the penultimate episode and then the last episode was set up for all the fallout after the battle. Yeah. This show, the last episode, is the battle. And it, it kind of does both. Yeah. It, it does a two for one. Like, the last two minutes are what Game of Thrones would do in a final episode. Yeah. It did not as much character development <laughs> yeah. in The Witcher as there was in Game of Thrones. For sure. Uh, the, I, I don't know if that was a conscious decision or not, but... Uh, how do you feel about that? Would you rather there be a little bit more exposition after kind of a major event? No. Uh, I, I I like when shows take risks and do things different. And, you know, just to be just like Game of Thrones and do the same formula. Um, that's why I'm not a big fan of, like, Disney Marvel as much or, or, or other stuff that keeps doing same formulas. And it's like, can you, can you try to be something different? Like, try yeah. to be, stand out. And hey, if you fall on your face, at least you tried something different and I implore it and I and I commend you for trying it. And But when you hit it, you hit it out of the park. And so I think that this did it really well in that aspect. And um, I, think they, I think they did a great job of doing the wrapping up of the characters while having the battle at the same time because Yen realizes... Well, let, we'll set up the battle first. Why are they fighting? Where is it? Well, uh, it's, it's uh, Sentra is... I realize most people listening to this will have watched the show, <laughs> and they know that, but still, so, it's yeah. good to provide context. Sentra is pushing north, and the mages get together and say, hey, do we want to get involved in this battle? Do we just want to let the, the, the leaders of their little area, cities handle this, or do we mages want to come together and take over and it was a clear vote that they weren't going to get involved, but there was a vocal minority that said, well, screw that. We're going to still do it. Yep. And so they got Yen involved. Tris came involved. Uh, Yen's teacher was involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they... Which was an interesting relationship throughout the first season. Yeah. and I, th- I, think I thought they, that dynamic between the two of them was pretty good. Oh, yeah. And I think they did. Because beautiful... the teacher starts as a taskmaster, and then she starts to understand how powerful Yennefer is. And then the middle part of the season is her trying to manage Yennefer's power. Because I think she realizes Yennefer is more powerful than her. Oh, yeah. And so she's intimidated a little bit, and she's like, wait a minute. I'm supposed to be guiding this person, but she could just destroy me if she wanted to. And so there was this conflict between them all all, all season long. And then in the last episode, obviously, the teacher dies. And I think we see the emotion between the two of them. No, the teacher's alive. No, she was shot and killed. 
With no, but she she got sep- the lava separated and didn't touch her. That's why we know the lava didn't hurt people. Wait, I thought she was shot with a, a bow twice in the chest. Who was that? Who was the woman that died there at the end? I think it was a random mage. I don't. I don't. No, think there she was died. a whole scene there. I swear she didn't die because she talked to Yen and Yen used her magic, and that's what implored her to use her magic. Was she talked to Yen, and then Yen did the fire spell that laid waste and lava flow all over the battlefield. So she, I swear she's alive because then she turned around and Yen was gone. Like she was looking for Yen. I don't remember that for some reason. I thought that was her because they, they made a big point about showing the person that died. They, a bunch Who was of, that? A bunch of people were dying. Yeah, but. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. It looked just like her. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I, I swear I swear she's, li- she's alive. I'll she's, say this. I did watch a lot of these episodes on the the edge of falling asleep <laughs> or late at night. Uh, that's only the only time I have to watch TV because I put so much time into Sifted. So oh, maybe no I was just like tired when I watched that episode. I thought for sure she was dead. No worries. Uh, people will bl- blow me up if I'm wrong too. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it works. We'll play two sides of the coin. It works. But regardless, out. that but, was a great relationship throughout the show. Oh, absolutely. And I th- and I think for her it was she she cared about her because also she found out that she's part elf. Yeah. And that's significant because mm-hmm. that's powerful. Like being an elf is, is the highest of the of races, of yeah. races and, and abilities yeah. and powers. And so I think she was wanting to make sure that she had the best for her. And sometimes Yen didn't understand that she had the best in mind for her. And I think at that end, when she was talking to Yen and saying, you know, at the battle when everything was going wrong was just saying like, Hey, you need to show who you really are now. And she did. And she did. (laughs) So the battle was a siege. Yeah. They kind of, they're they're basically in a a, keep and they're being 300 where they kind of funnel them in and it's a castle. They got to get past this only spot. And so they're trying to hold their ground, but they do some smart methods. The opponents do. do with, uh, the worms going in the ground and, and then controlling them. It's a great battle. (laughs) It really is. And then at the end, all hope is lost, and Yennefer finally unveils her true power and literally just scorches the entire battlefield. And the cool thing about it was what you were saying earlier. The fire, she was so powerful, she could recognize allies in the battlefield and make sure that the fire was, like, going around them. Yeah. It was was the whole season built up. With Yennefer. You think she's weak. You think she's like one of the worst mages at the school. Slowly you start to understand. Maybe she's got something special. And then at that moment you understand. And I think you also understand for her is, you know, she didn't understand who she was. Yeah. What she wanted. What she, what she, what's her purpose in life now? Yeah. You know, she can't have kids. She tried so hard. And in the, near the end of the season, the guy says, I'm going to tell you the truth. It's never going to happen. Unfortunately, yeah. you cannot change. You'll never, your, you'll never, you'll never have, have kids. kids. Yeah. It's not going to work. Yeah. And so I think for I think for her, she then ran into a spiral because then she went back to her old lover back in the um, back in the the magic school and was trying to rekindle that fling to be like, okay, maybe I'll just go back to my past, whatever was comfortable yeah. at that time. And I think finally in that battle, she realized this is what I really need to do. I care about people. And I need to use whatever means necessary to protect the people I care about. Yeah. And so for her, we don't know what happened. Yeah, so let's talk about that. She's gone. Let's talk about the ending. So she scorches the the battlefield, the the battle's won, and she's gone. Well, not really because the backup forces for Sentra is on its way. So all of a sudden she clears the battlefield, but all these mages are just chilling. 
Wait, I thought that those uh, armies that showed up were for them. They were waiting for backup for the whole battle. No, that was the that was the enemy. That was oh, Centra. Oh, I thought those were her allies showing no, up, the, but they're like, dang, we're too no, late. <laughs> the mages were the only ones to hold the ground. They oh. didn't have any backup. Well, I know that because they were waiting for allies to show up the whole battle, and no. they never they never showed up until the end. No, they didn't have allies at all. That was all them. And then Centra had extra army men coming in, but he's like, I'm going to send my wave in anyways. Even though they're like, I mean, look, the, the whole time they're talking about they're waiting for their allies to come to their aid. Are you saying that you like saw a flag and that's how you know it was Centra and not their allies? Well, it's because you had the you had the mage that disagreed. That was because um, the because at that conference when the mages, the mage that was part of the Centra army, which was actually uh, interesting concept. Yennefer was supposed to go to that person. So she was going to lead the horrible army that's now right. trying to, well, in their case, they're trying to say we're we're trying to make the world a better place by saying everyone is under one rule, that kind of thing. Uh, but uh, at that time, uh, I knew it was her because she was the one making her students sacrifice themselves to make the fireballs to shoot them. And, and they said, oh, we have extra forces still on our way. And he's like, I don't care. Just send in my forces right now. We'll kill them all right now. And then clearly now they're all wasted. But in and obviously in the story, as we know in the Witcher story, they're still going. I mean, they're oh, still yeah. continuing. We all, I mean, that's kind of the thing about this show is because there's – look, there's a scene where Geralt, you think he's dying or he's going to die. Yeah. He's bitten by this skeleton. He gets this infection. This guy, like, takes him in and, like, tries to help him or whatever. He looks like he's dead. But you know in the back of your mind he's not going to die. Yeah, because then he never makes it to the video games, and I mean, this is just that's just a that's endemic to every prequel of everything. Like you know that some people are ultimately going to live or die. Yeah, and we're guessing that this totally relates to the games. I mean, yeah. it's it, it's pretty showing that path that it is, but we can't say 100 percent if it does. But I think in that moment for Geralt, I think that was probably one of his most important parts of the season for him because. He is dealing with all these emotions, and he's been so frustrated. Of why can't I understand these emotions? Why can't I? Um, why can't I define them? By and the end, though, he's full blown in love with Yennefer. But it's because of he blames his mother. Yeah, and he's like, "Why did my mom do this to me? Why yeah, did that my was mom his, that make was kind me a of witcher? his thread through the whole? Yeah, is him finding out like why he, he became a witcher? What happened to? Yeah, what's so his it, origin? So yeah. that's kind of a seed to have a moment to go to. To basically tell to his mom in his mind, because clearly I don't know if he's really talking to his mom because we don't know who she is, of just saying, why did you do this to me? Did you know this was going to happen to me? Because I don't want this. Yeah. This is not the life I chose. I don't want to live this life being a witcher. So I, I think that I think it was a catalyst for that kind of moment. Probably not the best one, but, you know, it, I think it made sense in his arc. Okay. How did you like the cliffhanger at the end? You okay with it? They kind of have to do it for a show that's probably not going to come back for a year or more. Yeah. You kind of uh, have to end your season with some kind of a nobody knows moment. But I think it makes sense when you talk, when you think about the, how the magic works, you know, there's a reaction to magic that you use, whether it's positive or negative, And she used a really powerful spell. So there's gotta be some kind of reaction. Right. Yeah. Obviously it's kind of like, well, you know, it's not death. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. As you know, it's kind of like a style of television where it's like, you know, it's, it's, she disappears. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, I was okay with it. Um, For sure. I think I would have liked a little more exposition after, but I don't know. I think it was You're getting fine. nitpicky at that point, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, they could, they easily could have done one or two more episodes if they wanted to. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So are you excited for season two? 
I am, but I have to ask you about Jaxer. Jaxer. And his song. Oh, the bard. Toss a coin to your witcher. Oh, yeah. It's become like a cultural phenomenon. I saw today, uh, I was curating this morning, and there's a rap version now of it. Oh, yes. I've, yep, I've seen that. I love I That song is so catchy. They never could have dreamed that it would become as big as it. Uh, oh that was a fun character in the show, too, the bard. Yeah, I uh, and, uh, you know, I like his dynamic with Geralt. Yeah. It's really fun. It's funny. It's yeah. funny because he just kind of like, he's kind of just there. Yeah. And then there's like. It's like he's following. At first, it's like he's following Geralt around like a puppy. Yeah. He has nowhere to go. He has nobody. And at first, Geralt's like, oh, who's this guy that keeps following me? Slowly, he starts showing his worth here and there to Geralt. Yep. And by the end, like, Geralt loves him like a brother. You can just tell. Like, he basically makes a statement. Like, he he has that one moment where he has to kind of decide, do yeah. I like him? Or, or do I, and he's do like, I let him die? Or do I like, let him? He's like, I like him. <laughs> <laughs> I like that character a lot. It brought some levity to an otherwise pretty serious show. And it'll be really interesting because of the jump gaps. Yeah. Um. Yeah, where, how does what where, happens to him? Yeah, where is he now? Yeah, because he's just a normal human. He can't live for like centuries. I mean, eventually he's gonna die. Yeah. So I mean, it's only been decades. So it's it's it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but he's one of the people that they could do a lot of stuff with with wardrobe and cosmetics to really represent the time jumps. Oh yeah, and make it more sure. obvious. I think so. We'll see if they end up doing that. For sure. Okay, so you're excited for season two. I'm excited oh, for season so two. What would you like to change about the show, if anything? I, I I like the direction. I'd say stay the course. Yeah. I, I I don't know if there's something dramatic that I was like you. This is this is a glaring issue. This has to be addressed. I don't see that. I see them as long as they're embellishing on everything that they've been doing because now maybe they have more budget. They may have more episodes. I think as long as they're doing that, and f- I th- I think it's smart to focus on the characters and make it a character driven story because well they've I, proven they can make it a great show. When it's driven by characters and not driven by special effects and CG and battle scenes. It has that stuff and it handles them very well, but that show's driven by the characters and the writing. So now that I, like you, I fully believe that their budget's going to get like quadrupled for season two. I think my concern now is that they're like, oh my gosh, we have all this money. Like every episode's going to have some epic scene in it. Like it doesn't need that. So I hope that when they get more money because of the success of the show, they just don't go crazy. And they're like, well, we're going to fulfill every fantasy we had for season one in season two. We're going for broke, blah, blah, blah. Like they've kind of found the groove of the show and sometimes money can screw stuff up. So um, I would like to see a little more action. I would like to see a little more focus on the creatures and kind of what he does on a day-to-day basis. But I think they did a real good job in season one kind of finding a balance. So I wouldn't mess with it too much. Yeah. I, I think the only thing that if they have a bigger budget is maybe say focus more on practical effect yep. because they have the money to maybe go to an actual destination. Right. Because there are some there are some glaring green screen. Oh, where yeah. It is, oh, yeah. Especially that first scenes. scene. That yeah. first scene is glaring green yeah. screen. That'll and, get better. I mean, they're still going to use green screen. Oh, absolutely. They're just going to have a lot more money to make it look a lot better. Yeah, for sure. And I think, uh, I think if anything, for any movie or show, everyone always appreciates practical as much as you can do. Yep, for sure. So there you go. That's episode one of Spoiled. When season two of The Witcher comes out, we'll be doing this again. Uh, I think Castlevania, a new season's coming up soon. I don't know. Yeah, I think that releases on Netflix here in the next couple of weeks. I'm sure we'll probably watch that and we'll talk about that. 
Um, we're going to talk about uh, the new Star Wars movie in episode two. So, Oh, boy. Thanks for discussing <laughs> this with me. It was fun, man. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm Shane Satterfield. You can find me on Twitter at Dinfire. You can find Mitch at Mitch Sikor, S-I-K-O-R. Uh, if you'd like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash sifted and give us as little or as much as you'd like a month. And if you can't afford to do that, you can always help us out with Twitch Prime by linking your Twitch account with your Amazon Prime account. You can give us a free $2.50 a month by subscribing to our Twitch channel, and we'd appreciate it very much. So that's it. Episode 1 of Spoiled. We'll see you for Episode 2. Thank you.